Welcome to another episode of the Speed Change Repeat podcast. Today with Alan Jacobson, who is the uh, Chief Data Officer at Alteryx. Um, hey, Alan. Hey, good to see you today. Yeah, good having you on the show. Um, so there's obviously a lot that we can talk today about um, the entire space of uh, uh, data science, data analytics, uh, especially with you having um, yeah, a vast experience within the field. And uh, as usual, we are uh, starting our podcast um, by obviously giving you the stage in order to kind of tell our audience uh, who Alan is, where you come from, uh, kind of what your background is and uh, how you basically got to where you are today. Sure. So um, I'm currently the chief data and analytic officer at Alteryx, and that really encompasses three different roles. Uh, in one role, much like any chief data and analytic officer, my, my job is to uh, leverage data and analytics across our company to help make the company more efficient. Uh, so whether that's helping our sales and marketing teams or our HR team, our legal team, um, becoming more analytic uh, so that the professionals in those areas uh, can more successfully apply analytics or with our data science team, actually doing some analytics uh, with those business functions. So that job is very similar across, I find, every industry. Um, and so that's one of the roles. A second role that I uh, get to play uh, is, you know, we, we deliver a data science product. And as such, the data scientists on my team work on injecting more data science into the product. And so that looks a bit more like a product engineering role. Um, and that is a little bit unique for a, a data science organization uh, in some industries, but obviously in, in the software tech industry, that's a, a little bit more common. Uh, and then the third role is meeting with, with customers and helping them go on their digital transformation journeys. And so um, it's always great. I, I, I learn a ton meeting with customers and you know, each, each company is kind of in a different place on their journey and learning their best practices. There certainly are some common threads that you find that companies that are really successful are doing certain things uh, similarly. Uh, and equally, companies that are struggling, there, there are sometimes some common threads there as well. Uh, so that's that's uh, my current role at, at Alteryx. Uh, before Alteryx, I was at Ford Motor Company and uh, worked there for, for over 25 years uh, in, in a lot of different functions. But the, the last role I had there uh, was uh, helping deliver data science into, into a manufacturing company. And so across, again, all of the different domains, whether it be the actual manufacturing team or an engineering team or whether it be uh, another function or domain uh, helping them go on that digital transformation journey right um so let's kind of structure this conversation today kind of chronologically um in a sense that i'd uh, definitely would like to first kind of pick your brain from the time that you spent at ford and uh, after that obviously uh, going into alteryx as a company the things that you guys are working on um right now especially also kind of as an outlook for the company on the future and um then also as a as a let's say a last uh or a third point for this uh, conversation today to dive deeper into the entire space of data science kind of getting uh, getting your opinion on it and kind of also you know talking a little bit there on the future outlook on the on the different things that we let's say either uh, uh, Benjamin and I are observing or uh, you. So um, then let's uh, just jumpstart with, uh, with Ford. So um, as uh, when, when you left the company, uh, as you just said, you were um, 
responsible for, let's say, bringing data science into the entire company of, of, of uh, let's say, Ford. Um, maybe give us, I, I, I always ask that question, even though I feel that it's hard to answer because there's so many things, but I assume that you, that you, that you have been already asked this question a couple of times. What were the three, let's say, if, if you could break it down, what are the three biggest learnings that you, that you got from your time at Ford uh, let's say bringing bringing the entire space of uh, or the, the the entire field of data science in, into kind of the company's DNA. Yeah, so I think I think across in really almost every company I interact with that's you know, successful on this journey. Um, what's what's really interesting is that data science is a very accessible uh, field. It's within the reach of pretty much every knowledge worker, and and it's strange. I, I find there's this common thread that many people are intimidated by it. They feel, you know, I don't have a PhD in this. I can't, you know, how am I gonna build a model? Um, this, is, this isn't my thing. Um, yet, you know, my, my kids do analytics today. They use Alteryx today. They build models. Um, and so at the end of the day, there's this first piece of how do you get people comfortable to get in the water? Um, how do you show them that this is within reach, get them excited um, and, and feel comfortable going on the journey and you know like most things you know change is hard and there's that fear of change and so if you can get people to take that first step if you can get them kind of into the water then i find things accelerate very quickly and you know a lot of success happens and so i think one of the first things that's really important for for any company going on the journey is to figure out um, how, you know how are you going to get people to get comfortable going on the journey, get them excited to go on the journey. And if you can, if you can do that, uh, I think you'll have great success. So I think, I think that's one area that's, that's really important. Uh, we frequently refer to, to kind of that, that, that broad umbrella of setting up the right environment culturally as the culture of analytics. And, and I think that's, that's really important. And it's important um, across all of the domains. There's not a domain that uh, doesn't need more analytics. Um, so I remember uh, talking to some HR professionals and the HR professional said, you know, I went into HR because I didn't really like math. And here you are like telling me about data science and, and it seems like a lot of math. I mean, you realize that, that I'm not the math person, like maybe this isn't for me. Um, and, you know, sure enough, once they kind of get exposed to it and get comfortable with it, um, they, they can get excited about it as well. And so I think, I think that's one, one big, um, big factor that's important. I think a second piece that's important is having the right technology. If you, if fundamentally you don't have the right set of tools, fundamentally everyone can't go on the journey. So if you work at a company that, you know, the data scientists are using R and Python, and there are no other tool, you know, Excel is the only other tool to do, you know, analytics in, you, it's probably going to be a problem, right? Not everybody's going to be able to go off and, I mean, everybody could go learn it, but I mean, that would take quite some time and pretty big investment and it's not necessarily set up for success. And so having some of the right technology, um, you know, sitting on people's desktops, it's, Obviously, Alteryx fills, fills, fills a role there, but you know, there are other technologies uh, that, that are important uh, that democratize, that enable everyone to be able to participate. And, and really, the best-in-class tools are tools that both the data scientists can use as well as, 
as the analyst. And you know, I find that there are a small set of tools that really fit that, that both communities can leverage and go on the journey. And so it, it brings them together. It, it sets up convergence. And I think that's, a, again, a very important aspect uh, for success. And then the last one is you have to be able to show people what the kind of the art of the possible is. You have to, you know, do, do something where there's an ROI, do something where people can see it and go, ah, I get it. This is different. And so the, those three elements I think are very important for most companies. I mean, you talk to most companies in the early days of the journey and they're rapidly accelerating. Things are going really well. Usually they figured those three things out. They've engaged and excited their employee base. Everyone is, has got an oar in their hand and they're starting to row. And, and, and that's a big piece. And they have some technology that's allowing everybody to participate. They're, they're, they're actually using something and doing something. Um, and they have an, a picture in their mind of what they could go do because they saw something in some area that kind of gave them, gave them an idea. I, I think those three elements are, are really important. Right. Um, you said in one of, on one of the conversations that we had prior, um, prior to this podcast, um, you said that you were also kind of, let's say, um, building out or let's say you were kind of managing a competence center at Ford. So kind of like a, a, um, a central point of expertise that is, let's say, pushing the entire topic of data science, data analytics within the company. Um, when we talk about, well, actually, if we talk about any, any technological um, field or let's say, um, if we take the, the, the field of data science, data analytics, uh, obviously, um, we got to talk about maturity or the maturity of, of the, you know, the different maturity levels of organizations. Um, maybe, maybe you can kind of like talk about how that entire field or let's say um, how, how that journey at Ford started and from what you've observed there and maybe also now in your role at, uh, at Alteryx, how you would, let's say, kind of you know, differentiate between different maturity levels in, inside organizations, right? Because there's a different, there's, there's multiple factors that come to place, right? One is obviously accessibility to data and, 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 and let's say the right infrastructure as well, right? Then one that you mentioned is obviously the right tooling and stuff. So there's, there's different points that come to, to play. Maybe you can uh, point that out a little bit. Yeah, so first I'll, I'll back up. There's a great organization, the International Institute of Analytics that um, one of the things they do is they assess organizations on their analytic maturity. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's really interesting when you look, they, they publish some of their data and you can look by industry and see certain industries are, are ahead of other industries. And then within an industry, obviously there's a spread of some companies are, are, are kind of leading the way and others are lagging. Uh, and, and first, one of the interesting things is what they've shown is um, very direct correlation between the companies that are analytically mature and the success of those companies. They're, they're more profitable. Um, they're having more success from a shareholder standpoint, uh, from a profitability standpoint than the companies that are laggards. And that you know, may seem like common sense, but it, it is important to recognize that as you become more analytically mature, more analytically capable <clears throat> as an organization, and you're competing obviously with, with other companies, um, that can be a true differentiator. And so um, I do think, you know, thinking about where are you in that analytic maturity as a company and, and figuring out how to drive that up is important. 
IAA also, I, when, they, when they look at analytic maturity, it's not simply the maturity of your data scientists. It's the maturity of the entire organization. So fundamentally having you know, a team of, of data scientists that are world-class isn't enough. If nobody else in the organization has good understanding of the power of analytics and where to use it, how to use it, and some capability to self-serve and do some of it themselves. And I think those are, for, you know, first very important points when you talk about kind of where is a company on the journey and and how are you progressing your maturity that it's not simply about progressing the data scientists it's about progressing everybody uh, on this path and you know you, you spoke of a few of the elements um, things like do you have a tech stack that's supportive can people get to the data how's your data quality like there there are things that are in that camp. And I think that's what most people's minds go to when they think of analytic maturity. But I think equally, if not more important than that, it really has to do back to the first question you asked. It has to do with where are the mass of the people on this journey? Are people comfortable with analytics? Do they understand kind of the power of what data science can do in their, in their areas? And usually that's the biggest area uh, for every company that I've interacted with, that's usually the biggest opportunity for them is, is that last area. And so a lot of, of what I've done at Alteryx and, and, and I've done historically in my career has been training and doing a fair amount of education uh, and coaching to help not, not just the data scientists, but really the entire organization go on that journey. And I think that's really important. And again, I, I don't think every organization has has figured that out. I think some organizations think, hey, I need to do more data science. So what I'm going to do is hire a couple data scientists and I'm going to give them some projects and they're going to execute those projects. And that's going to make me digitally more mature than I was the day before. And, and unfortunately that, that, I mean, it's certainly probably better than doing nothing. I'll, I'll give you that, but that's probably not going to get you competitive with, with folks that are, that are really doing this right. Yeah, 100%. And I think that goes back to, ultimately, that goes back to, uh, to leadership of the company, right? Because it all, it, all starts with, it all starts with the leadership. Because ultimately, what, what we also see is, is exactly how you just pictured that case, you know, a company hiring um, a couple of data science. And it's not, you know, it's not the, the, the company or let's say the, the executive level that is hiring these people, right? There's yep. this, this, this specific, let's say, unit inside, inside this big corporation, right? That is, let's say, from the, mindset, uh, from the mindset a little bit more mature, you know, and sees, okay, we need people that work on data, right? And that's why we hire, like, I don't know, four or five PhD people whatsoever. And they, but that's not how you accelerate the, the let's say, the entire um, value creation through through data, right, inside a big uh, corporation, and I think that that is that is uh, definitely what what can be seen still today is that for most large corporations, right, that is uh, that is still not the case, right, that that there's an entire let's say uh, strategy for the entire company because you know the more people you you uh, you you get with with yourself on this journey, right, the the, the let's say the bigger of an impact you will have. Yeah, I would, I would actually say in most companies I interact with, um, it actually, you know, it, they're leaders at lots of different levels, I guess, but it's usually not a top-down corporate initiative coming from the CEO. It, it, there are some companies where that's the case, but more times than not, what's happening kind of to your point again, Jonathan, is that in one area of the company, 
um, sometimes it happens actually kind of ground up. Uh, someone got hired. The summer intern came in and said, there's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. And, you know, we've had this uh, hilarious stories where at a company, a summer intern comes in, says, let me show you how to do this. They buy one seat of Alteryx. The summer intern is the one who's actually using Alteryx, creates some incredible things, saves millions of dollars, and then leaves, of course. And, and, and now they see the art of possible. Like people in the company are going, oh, wow, like, like we need to do more of this. And then, you know, they hire a few more people that have these sorts of skills and it kind of happens bottom up. It's, it's like this ground up thing that happens versus top down. And certainly that probably won't happen as quickly than if the entire leadership team saw it and got it and, and just kind of help orchestrate and make it happen. But in many companies, it's happening domain by domain. You know, in one company, the marketing department has become very analytic, but the rest of the company, maybe not so. In another company, the supply chain and logistics arm is incredibly analytic, but the plant floor, maybe not so much. And, and yet another company, it started on the plant floor. And then in, in some organizations, it starts in really unusual places, maybe. It's the tax and accounting department has figured out how to automate their processes. So it, it could start anywhere. It can, you know, all of these places are ripe for, for leveraging analytics. Um, but yeah, I, I consistently do not see it coming usually from, from the C-suite down uh, where they've made the investment to go across the entire company. And while that certainly makes it accelerate faster, um, that's probably not the most common way it's, it's historically happened. Yeah. Do you have any advice on uh, this bottom top approach? Um, if there is, um, if, from your experience, when um, they understood that uh, it's a maturity thing for the mass of the people in the company, what they could do concretely for their strategy to just uh, make it happen more fast? Yeah, Benjamin, it's a great, great question. It, it's, it's the kind of thing at the end of the day where if, if you really want to be successful at this, you have to view this as a transformational project. It's, it's about change management equally, if not more than it's about technology which again may sound strange in that I work at a technology company, but the technology is actually really the easy part. That's, you know, you can install software and, and teach somebody to use software over lunch. That's, that's not going to be the hard part. The change management of this is, is the difficult part that, you know, many data projects go across silos and they're cross-functional in nature is your, You know, do you have do you have organizations that are good at working cross-functionally? Can you help make that happen? It requires people to want to learn new things. How are you going to motivate people to do that? I mean, you, you could do it by directive. Everyone will take the following course, and you must do this. But you know that that's usually not the best recipe for having successful change happen. So, you know, I think I think most companies what they underestimate is what it takes to actually make big change happen in their company and the value of it. I mean, look, Blockbuster video went out of business, but they had all of the data and all of the capability um, that it didn't have to end that way. They could have become Netflix. They could have been Netflix way before Netflix became Netflix. Um, that change was hard, not because the technology 
of Netflix was hard. Maybe Netflix would disagree, but I, I would actually argue Blockbuster had the data, the computers, like they could have figured this out. Change is hard. Change is really hard. And if you're going to shift your business um, and become more analytic, you know, once you come up with this model or this analytic and you, you want to put it into production, pe people's jobs are going to change to some degree. You move a finance organization to analytic forecasting and they weren't doing it that way before, roles are going to change. What people are going to do are going to change. And I personally think it's going to be a more exciting future. They can do higher level things versus copying and pasting numbers in an Excel spreadsheet. So I, I personally think it'll be a better future. But at the end of the day, you got to bring people on that journey. And, and that's the hard part of this. Yeah, I... Um... I 100% agree, especially what you said is that most of, let's say, one of one of the things that you spend most time on is, is let's say, this educating part, right? And this is also, let's say, from 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 our experience, you know, and then and kind of like also building out a competence center is 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 exactly this, you know, you take kind of as the role as an internal evangelist for things, and um, at the same time, though, what I find, you know, you cannot blame you know, a, a, a C-suite or like an, an executive, the executive level, level, you know, to, to not see certain things, right? Because there's so many things that they need to observe, right? <laughs> they, I mean, they're responsible for, for the entire company, right? So there's a lot of things and there's, there's priorities that need to be taken. However, what I struggle with um, is, um, is, this entire, uh, is this entire space of middle management. Because what I've seen is that as, as soon as you, let's say, introduce the people that actually work with data to a better technology stack or to, a, let's say, to the right tools, they recognize it. You don't need to sell them. You don't need right. to sell them. Because, because they, they work with it. They know the struggle, right? They, they, they know what the struggle is, you know, working with, uh, with Excel and large, large uh, let's say, large data sets, right? They know that there's no, no visibility or whatsoever. But what I, and now coming back to this point is, you know, the middle management though, you know, which where there is leadership, you know, in, in let's mm -hmm. say logistics department, in a, in a finance department or what, whatsoever. Those people that are not working on a day-to-day -day basis with data, right? There, it's a different story because they don't know what the struggle is, right? So, and, and this is, you know, where I see also in most organizations still that, you know, this level of, of, of leadership or let's say in this middle management area, right? There is not, in, in the leadership space, there's no, or a, a really, let's say, small amount of data maturity, let's say. That, you know, that these people have the mindset of, okay, you know, data is literally, it's at the core of what, what let's say, how, how, business is, how business is done. Right. Right. I think, I mean, one of the reasons why our business model is the way it is, is because I think historically there have been, um, I hate to say bad actors that have in, in the IT space and the technology space that have raised skepticism. There are a lot of companies that have invested six and seven figure, sometimes eight figure types of, of investments in big, huge systems and they spend a year or two years putting it in place and getting it up and running only to find that after they did that, it wasn't quite what they thought it was going to be. And so many times when we're talking about analytics, that's what's in the back of their mind is, you know, I'm going to have to make an investment. Is it going to pay back? I'm kind of skeptical because I've made investments in this space. and Some have worked and some haven't worked. And so, um, and so you're really going to have to prove it to me because because I, I've had this history of, 
data I've seen that suggests that I, I, I should be skeptical. And, and I think while that's fair, I mean, and I, again, I'll use the Altrix model, which, which I love that we work this way. Um, you know, most people uh, download a free trial of Altrix, play around with it for a couple of weeks and get an ROI. Over 70% over of our users in the first two weeks get an ROI on the free version that they downloaded. So for zero investment, they could prove to themselves that the thing worked and it was worthwhile to them. And we don't ask people to then go invest millions of dollars. We say, well, just buy a couple, couple licenses, right? Buy, you know, buy a few thousand dollars worth. That's okay. Um, and keep proving it to yourself. And so um, Alteryx has been built on this kind of net expansion uh, rate where what happens is people use it and they continue to see the value and, and buy more. Um, and, and, and that's the model. And the reason I love that is, there's no reason that you have to be this incredibly skeptical middle manager, you know, worried about the investment because you're, you're not making big investments. Like you could do this on a credit card if you wanted to, this is small stuff. Um, and the savings that you can get, those are the big numbers. You know, I see people constantly saving millions of dollars, if not tens or hundreds of millions of dollars um, using analytics and built relatively quickly. The real investment is the, is the human side. You know, people have to spend some time uh, educating themselves. Um, I think that is a great investment and companies should be investing on their people spending that time. It's not a huge amount of time, um, but that, that's the more important part. And, you know, we offer a ton of training with, with our tools um, that aren't tool specific. Like, you know, you can learn about predictive analytics and we build that into kind of what we offer to customers because we recognize that that's, again, equally, if not more important than knowing a piece of software. Right. Um, talking about a piece of software, uh, let's kind of make the switch to, to Alteryx, uh, yeah. the company that you're working at. Um, maybe for the listeners who don't know Alteryx, kind of uh, give us the elevator pitch or let's say the, you know, a quick, quick intro introduction to what Alteryx is, where you can kind of place it into the entire, let's say, data science technology side kind of. So Alteryx um, really spans the full analytics spectrum. So it allows you to take data from anywhere, blend it and wrangle it, do analysis on it, whether it's geospatial or predictive analytics or pres prescriptive analytics, so AI and ML, um, and then push the data out to anywhere. And once you design that process, we call that a workflow, of take the data from here, do this to it, and push it out as a report or as an alert or into, into a system. Um, once you design that process, you can automate it. You can put it on a schedule. So you know, 6 a.m. every morning, you come into work and it automatically reconciled the books, it produced your closing statements, it shot an email that two things didn't look right and somebody needs to look at it, and it fed through an API into one of your systems of record a key piece of information that needed to go in. All of that kind, kind of um, work is what Alteryx is, is amazing at. And fundamentally, one of the biggest differentiators is it's designed from a human-centric standpoint so that anyone can use it. So again, whether you're a 12-year-old student uh, you know, wanting to explore the world analytically and answer some questions with analytics, whether you're a, a knowledge worker that's 
worked in finance for 20 years and you want to learn how to do analytics or you're a data scientist with a PhD. Um, it's designed for all of those personas. Right. And uh, the funny thing is, um, I mean, I've personally known Altrix now also for a couple of years. And um, I mean, Altrix have, you, have you saved have you saved any money with it? Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> you paid for your investment. Great. Obviously, I mean, that's what you just said, right? A 14 days trial version, you, you get your RI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were probably one of the 70%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely, definitely. Uh, but um, I mean, you know, if you look at also, if you look at the, the customers, right, of, of, of Alteryx, right, I mean, it already shows that, you know, there's definitely something behind it. And um, I mean, I've uh, also been lucky to attend one of, let's say, one of the, the um, uh, summits that Alteryx is also kind of um, uh, hosting uh, every year. And, and, you know, you see, you see really some of the biggest companies, you know, globally, um, you know, presenting their use cases, you know, on, on, let's say how Alteryx is being used within, you know, their organizations. And the funny thing is that if you talk to like, if you talk to traditional, let's say programmers or like, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, traditional programmers or data scientists and stuff like that, they will look, you know, they, they will always look at this, you know, nice UI type of software, uh, data tools, you know, in a, in a more, yeah, over kind of, you know, um, how would you say that kind of in a, kind of in an ignorant way, you know, but it, it is exactly, you know, where Alteryx fits in on the point that we just talked about prior in terms of, you know, the acceleration of, let's say, uh, data analytics capabilities within organizations. And this is also, I mean, I've seen, I've seen great examples of companies like Shell um, and, and, and Siemens and Audi, you know, uh, where really, let's say, Alteryx plays a plays a core part in, in let's say accelerating this uh, for you know those type of really big organizations and um, you know kind of like playing also a, a crucial part in the entire data science technology stack so um, then maybe maybe let's jump into um, maybe some of let's say the interesting use cases that you can talk about you know where um, where you see Alteryx let's say being applied within companies obviously things that you can talk about um, on record you know um, I mean, you, not specifically naming companies, but maybe industries, you know, kind of like giving examples. Yeah, so I, I'll, 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 I'll give some in very different areas because I know your listeners come from, from a wide array of, of industries and, and domains. Um, but, and I'll, I'll maybe do some of these through kind of quotes, if you will, and some of these uh, by kind of more specific example. I've seen in, in tax and accounting um, leaders in that industry, you know, saying things like 30 years ago, we used Lotus one, two, three, then, you know, the, the Excel spreadsheet came along and it revolutionized the way we were doing tax and accounting. And now the next, the next revolution is happening and it's all tricks. And so they're automating their processes. They're, they're making them more analytic. They're able to you know, speed their audit processes, um, to, to be able to not only be uh, much faster, but much deeper and more thorough, and then to make them ongoing. We see in manufacturing great use cases doing things like predictive analytics, predictive maintenance. Um, so, so instead of waiting for an alarm to go off on a machine and sending the repair person when the alarm goes off, predicting before the alarm goes off where you think the alarm is going to go off and sending the repair person proactively even before the, the equipment basically stops. 
Um, we've seen use cases in uh, supply chain, some, some phenomenal use cases where um, the, the supply chain is being optimized, whether that's through filling containers more fully, whether that's through the actual routing of the goods. Um, uh, one great supply chain example, uh, Coca-Cola. Um, I don't know if they have these machines where you're at, but they have these, I think they call them freestyle machines, but they have these machines where you can basically make any Coke drink out of the one machine. So you can kind of, it's got a touch screen and it combines all the ingredients inside the machine and, and, you, and you get your drink. Um, do you guys have those? No, I have to be honest. I'm not sure whether I've seen one, um, okay. but I, I definitely saw them in New York when I, I was in New York. Okay. I yeah. So, so you can imagine with those machines, um, you have to stock the right um, ingredients into the machine and you have a whole supply chain to, to make that happen. And so being able to rapidly um, understand the demand and how it's shifting and have the right you know, supply chain network. Um, Ultrix is used in a real time kind of process to do that, to make sure that that supply chain uh, stays well. During this pandemic, um, a whole host of use cases uh, as conditions changed, you know, pretty, uh, pretty significantly for a lot of businesses, being able to rapidly understand the new reality. And so you know, we've done, we partnered with a Fortune 100 company around store closures and could we predict uh, based on outbreak numbers and demographics and firmographics and many other factors which stores were going to close and which ones would reopen and when um, and you can imagine that affects you know moving inventory around and other things of, of that nature as well as your financial forecasting and a number of other things um, and so you know really just numerous we have drug companies that um, we're, you know, based on the supply and demand shifts uh, due to the pandemic, trying to figure out where the highest needs were to ship drugs. You know, all of these things are, are just you know, great use cases for analytics. And, and again, we see them in pretty much every domain, every industry. Um, it, it's kind of happening everywhere. Right. Yeah. And then especially also for you guys, there has been some, you know, some new features and, and products that you also uh, shipped this, uh, this year. Uh, kind of also in, 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 in this whole COVID um, times. Um, I think also some, some, uh, one of them that we talked about prior to that is um, this entire, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether that is a, whether that is a, pro a product itself, but this whole thing of uh, analytic process automation or APA. Yep. Maybe, maybe let's talk a little bit about that. What, what, what is that? So analytic process automation really describes what Alteryx is. And one of the things that we had found for quite some time is that um, people had defined categories of software in this analytic space as it was emerging and, and new, new entrants were coming into it. And there are certainly some categories that, that kind of fit. And so, you know, visualization is a category. And there certainly are a lot of tools that, that's what they do. And that's pretty much all they do is visualization and they do it really well. Um, there wasn't really a category for, for what pretty much everyone describes Alteryx as, which is analytic process automation. And so when people would ask the question, well, you know, kind of what are you, are you a, are you an auto modeling tool? Well, you know, we, we do auto modeling, but 
that's not exactly what we are because most auto modeling tools, that's kind of all they do. Well, are you a geospatial tool? Are you like an Esri? Well, we're world-class at geospatial, but I wouldn't really call Alteryx a geospatial tool. I mean, it does geospatial, but no, not really. Well, are you a viz tool? Well, we have visualizations in the tool, but no, not really a visualization tool. Okay, well, what are you? And, and, and the answer is we're an analytic process automation platform. We help, help people take, take data and uh, perform analytics on it and turn it into an automated process flow. Right. And, and that's what Alteryx is. And there are, you know, there are other companies that are uh, doing pieces of that puzzle, um, but we felt it was important to be able to, to explain the category um, that the software fits in. And so that's what analytic process automation is all about. And, and all, that's what Alteryx does. We certainly have launched uh, many products that are expanding um, our capabilities in that space. And so as an example, we have R and Python built into our platform and, you know, using Python as an example, Python is a phenomenal platform for doing natural language processing. So we just added a whole suite of text mining and natural language processing capabilities into the tool set. So if you need to read in a PDF and automatically analyze you know, what are people talking about, what are the top topics, and are they saying positive things or negative things, so sentiment analysis, right. all built in, drag and drop, you don't need to know how to code, and, and you can have all of that. Or automated modeling um, capabilities in the software, uh, we have an assisted modeling product that kind of walks you step by step through the modeling process. Um, and so you know, we, we continue to add capabilities in that space of analytic process automation. Right. And from a business standpoint, I find that super amazing because like, you know, if you are, if you are creating your own category or if you are naming, you know, the category that your product is, then I mean, then, then, you know, that's, that's for me, that's from a business perspective, the definition of winning, you know, because, <laughs> because literally you, I mean, that's exactly what I also thought about, you know, uh, many times is, you know, how do you like, how do you fit Alteryx into this like entire space of data science, right? Taking there's products that specialize in certain things, right? As you yeah. said, like they're visualization tools. And I mean, you know, people that are in the space of data know the, the, the ones that obviously fall there, you know, which are very good at their craft. You know, that's all they, yeah. that's what they're you know, were designed for or built for, you know, which obviously is a good thing. And then there's, you know, obviously the, the, the you know, the, entire microservice space you know of, of the big the big uh, the big tech uh, companies that we have and then there's also Alteryx right and I find that I find this whole concept also when when I was introduced to it a couple a couple of weeks ago um, I, f I find it very very interesting and also a very very smart move and um, in terms of the services that you've launched now in June uh, I, as, I, as I remember you you launched a couple of things among them was also the the uh, analytics hub as I can recall yep. Um, maybe uh, let's dwell, uh, dwell into that one a little bit, bit because that is also a super, uh, super great uh, feature or let's say a product that I, that I find. Yeah, so our analytics hub is, is, is really kind of the next generation of our, of our server-based product. Um, you know, we have a server product today and this really brings it to the, kind of to the, next, the next level. Uh, just launched a, a few weeks ago. Um, built on, you know, absolutely the, the latest modern technology. 
Uh, and so we're really excited for that. And really the innovation in our pipeline over the next 18 months is just, you know, I, we, we just launched several new products. We have several more uh, coming right behind it. So from analytics hub, the natural language processing that I talked about to the assisted modeling, um, all launched basically in the, in the last, in the last several weeks, um, and, and more to come. So again, one of the great things about the analytics space is it's this fast moving space. Um, there's, there's so much that can be done. Um, and you know, again, that's, that's, what's exciting about it for, for us. Yeah. Um, the analytics up is definitely something where, you know, again, from a, from a perspective of a user, obviously, uh, is something that definitely scratches an itch, you know, uh, for most, or, or let's say all organizations that have analytics activity. In the yep. sense that, um, obviously, uh, depending on the maturity of an organization, but even, you know, if you would have an organization that is quite mature in its activities with analytics, data science, um, it is always the case, you know, that, you know, the bigger the company, you know, the more uh, intransparent, obviously, all the activities are, right? And, and then and the more redundant work, obviously, there's happening, right? And then and there, you know, I, I pretty much like the, the idea of, you know, having, um, you know, this idea of a hub where, uh, you know, you have this one central point for, you know, solutions uh, being developed in the space of analytics. Obviously, as well, if, if Alteryx plays a crucial role for an organization, that just makes super sense, you know. Um, definitely uh, heads up for that one. That's uh, definitely a good one. Um, speaking of uh, speaking also about the future, um, what is? I mean, you're you're not you're not the chief strategy officer, but still, I mean, you work on you work on the product. From from your opinion, I mean, what is what is the future for Alteryx? You know, in this in this entire, as you said, it's a fast moving space. You know, what is the future for Alteryx uh, in in the space of data science? You know, uh, obviously also the whole democratization of data science, you know, accelerating, but how do, how do you see the future for Alteryx? So I think there are a couple of things there that are core to our DNA. And so, you know, one of the things I talked about earlier was this convergence, having, having a tool that data scientists can use and the analysts can use that help bring people together. And, you know, I think we still have more work to do there. I think, you know, you made the point that you know, a data scientist sometimes looks at a code-free tool, and, and while we have code-friendly, you can write some Python code or some R code. And they sometimes look at a tool like this, and they're they're not sure what to make of it. They say, "Look, I, I could code that myself," which you could. It might take you longer, but you could. And there are other things where the only way you're going to be able to solve it is through coding. And so, you know, one of one of the things that we will continue to to work on is how we make sure that we are are bringing in everybody into the community. And so to that end, we've you know, significantly increased the amount of um, contribution we're making to the open source community. Um, we wanna be a part of that community. Uh, we have several world-class libraries now that are part of the open source and we'll continue to push that front. Um, and then on the other side, you know, our DNA is, is for those analysts and, and to open the world of AI and machine learning to everyone. And you know, today we, we have an incredible array of things that you can do in the software, um, you know, but some things we haven't turned into drag and drop ease, easily uh, accomplished. And so there's, there's more to come there. And the field, of course, keeps progressing. So there's, there will always be more things to, to bring within the reach. But you know, the goal is to make it so that every knowledge worker out there 
uh, can leverage AI and ML to not only improve their businesses, but improve their jobs to make it, make it a, a, a more, go from being a, a tactical employee to being a strategic employee, being able to do higher level work uh, based on being augmented by these technologies. Uh, and, and we'll continue you know, our product development uh, plans to, to help make that happen. Yeah, hundred percent. And as uh, I mean, judging, uh, we talked about it in the beginning, you know, judging by the, by the maturities of, 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 you know, uh, the most companies, you know, uh, there's still, you know, a lot of work to be, to be done, you know, in that field. So, uh, it's definitely going to be some exciting times, especially now for the, for the decades, uh, to come. Um, let's talk more generally on the space, uh, of data science. Now moving back and moving away from Alteryx, um, you know, obviously a lot, as you said, a fast moving, fa fast moving space, um, as, as every technology is, um, how do you see, how do you see the, uh, or what, let's say, what are some things that you are observing, let's say outside from Alteryx in the space of data science, you know, that, that where you say, okay, that is super interesting, you know, and um, I'm, I'm kind of like uh, looking at things such as maybe, you know, auto ML or um, other things, you know, like of other nature, just plainly things that where you're saying, okay, you know, this is something or this is a movement or this is, you know, a company, maybe some things that are like happening in the space that you find interesting. Yeah, I think I, for me, and again, this, this again may come back to kind of that DNA of, of how we're wired at Alteryx, but I think one of the big trends that I'm seeing is not, not the innovation of the new algorithm or the new math. And there is some of that. There, there, there are new techniques that, that are coming out um, and that have come out recently. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of the innovation is happening in, the, in what I'd say is the problem formulation itself. And so figuring out how, how problems of today can be solved with data and analytics. How do you structure the way you're asking the question so that you can use data and analytics to solve the problem? That's a lot of where the cleverness and where kind of, you know, I, I, I go see someone doing leading edge work and frequently the thing that makes it leading edge wasn't the math. It was, it was, boy, I had never thought of being able to solve that kind of problem in that way or thinking about it that way. And so, um, you know, I, I'll give an example of, of, of one that, um, you know, fascinates me. This is not actually terribly new, but most companies and most people don't necessarily realize that, that there's data out there that you can do this there. So, so if I said, I'm a, I'm a company and I I'm, I'm want to understand um, how many people are coming into my store versus my competitor store? How do I get data on that to be able to see all of my stores? Now, you could argue your stores you have data on, but how, how are you going to get data on how many people are going in and out of all of your competitors? And, you know, there actually is data out there um, frequently coming from cell phones, all anonymized, but um, you can acquire the data of, you know, how many GPS signals are coming in and out of certain locations. Again, all anonymized with no, no, no attribution back to the people again, uh, that could tell you that. And you can get things like what your competitor store hours are versus your store hours, because you can see it in the data. And, and, you know, that's, 
that's an example that people who are in the analytics field you know, know that's out there. But if I go to a typical executive at a typical you know, company that isn't necessarily analytically mature, um, and they have a question like that, and they don't even think that that's a possibility to get the answer, they don't realize that, no, actually, you could have that answer tomorrow if you'd like. That's, that's actually not very hard. Um, and then what are clever ways that you can let, you know, use that data to answer many business questions that you might have within your business? Um, can you understand if, if, if by changing your price, did that change the traffic pattern of where these people went? Um, do you know where they go after your store? Yeah. Do they go home or do they go to the competition? Might that be useful for you to know? And, and so the, the, as soon as you're aware that there's data and you could do these things, now your list of questions, your imagination just could kind of runs rampant in a different direction. And that's kind of the neat thing that I see happening right now is as more domain experts are kind of learning the power of analytics, they're coming up with these incredible clever ideas of how to apply analytics to change their business models, to change their, their strategies. Um, and, and that's really the exciting part of the field. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with you, uh, especially, you know, especially this, this space uh, or this, this whole topic of, um, you know, using, using data in order to, um, you know, maybe, well, not change your business model or come up with different business models because you know in one sense as you said right um there's there's you know different industries that are that have also different uh, maturity within the space of data right for example mm -hmm. i mean the, the telecommunications industry has been you know um calculating churn rates for i mean you know how many years and yep. um, and then there's i mean different industries that are now becoming more and more data aware and and use more and more data but the one thing that they all have in common you know and then and, and that's where i also want to direct this conversation towards now is you know they all are talking about data-driven business models you know that's yep. the, the number one thing everybody's talking about you know because there's one thing you know that what, what we just talked about uh, prior is you know increasing efficiency right internal inter like using data in, in order to let's say create some internal value right for the company mm -hmm. But then there's like this whole, you know, in, in every uh, digital transformation PowerPoint of a, of, a, of, a, of a CEO or executive, right? There's, uh, there's, this, there's this point of, of, you know, we are striving for new, new business models, new data-driven business models. And matter of fact, I would, I would argue that, um, you know, for many reasons, you know, and, and some of them, and, and, and most of them relate to maturity, obviously, for an organization, uh, data accessibility, all these things that we mentioned. There's not that many examples. Maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can get your, uh, put your point on that or give your take on that because, you know, from my point of view, there's not much happening in that space, right? There's a lot of talking, a lot of, you know, wishing in terms of, yeah, we want data-driven business models, right? We want yep. new business models, but there's, there's not that many good examples, you know? Yep. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, a lot of, there are some business that, businesses that are in and have been in the business of selling data, but you know, you're, you're right. There are not too many businesses where that was not their business and they stuck, they, they figured out how to package up their data and sell it. And there, there are some examples, but, but you're right. There, there are not a lot of them. And I, and I would actually argue that frequently the, the big value that companies can get out of their data um, is by shifting their strategy, creating new products, figuring out that 
everyone who goes to your gas station right after they go to their gas station goes to the grocery store and buys Coke. And then you figure out, well, why don't we just start selling Coke at the gas station, right? And, and so at the end of the day, um, the data is very valuable. And, and there's a lot that you can do with it inside your own four walls. And, and I would argue that you need to become analytically mature and probably do that first before you try to then leverage it, leverage it externally. And some of it's just becoming more mature so that you know that the data is quality and it's good and you know how to secure it prop before you actually talk about putting it outside the four walls of your company. Um, and so, you know, I think you're right. There are very few companies that have, have gotten to that end. I also think that because the data is extremely valuable, um, sometimes selling it is a mistake because as a company, you can use that data and extract the value and get tremendous value. Um, but if you, know, if you sell it, you may, you may decrease what you're able to do with it internally because now your competitors and other people have, have access to the data as well. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. There've, there's been a lot of talk about doing it. Um, I've seen a lot less success with the companies that, that I interact with in terms of actually monetizing external data sales. Um, and I've seen a lot more success monetizing the internal value of it. Yeah, hundred percent. That's also, you know, that's, that's exactly this. This is, uh, my, my hypothesis on, on, you know, the, the decade to come, uh, that's, you know, as soon as the maturity and, or not as soon, but I mean, once the, uh, you know, the infrastructure gets better, right. Uh, in terms of, uh, having, um, a lot of migration projects uh, done, right, in terms of all the old, you know, legacy systems and stuff like that. Once, uh, you know, uh, people also become mature, this whole change process and stuff like that. And, you know, and then all, that ultimately also coming to this aspect, right, you can have data, but then again, you need, you know, you need to have this, this mindset, right, this whole business aspect, uh, uh, this whole business side, right, there needs to be a business case behind it. If there's no business case, then, you know, you can have all the data you want, right, it, it doesn't make sense to Right. To, to go into this or waste any resources right so that's um, but it's gonna take time i think there's always a saying right people people overestimate what is happening in two years or so but underestimate underestimate what is happening in 10 years or so. no they overestimate what is happening in 10 years and underestimate what is happening in two years exactly correct correct and, and i guess that's definitely also the case for, uh, for the space of data science yep yep absolutely well, um, Alan, there's, uh, that has definitely been a very interesting conversation. Um, I was glad having you in the show. Um, I hope that we can, um, you know, sometime in the future, have you in the show, uh, again, because, uh, there's obviously, you know, a lot of stuff happening in, this, in the field, as you said it. So, uh, and you as, as an integral part of it, uh, also with the Alteryx, you know, it's uh, definitely too, uh, yeah, uh, good to have you in the show. Thanks, Jonathan. It was great. Great getting to spend the time with you this morning. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Alan. Hey, take care.